Hey, 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 everybody! Welcome to episode 15 of the Archapreneur Now podcast. I am your host, Heath Armstrong. Today's guest is a DJ out of the San Francisco area. He is currently in the thick of becoming a DJ full-time after making a transition and leaving his job. Find out everything about his story and how he is sustaining a living right now. And here's a little clip before we get started. What's good, y'all? This is DJ Blues and you're listening to Connect Don't count the days, make the days count. Muhammad Ali. Come on, everybody, let me hear that beat. Come on, come on, everybody, let me hear that beat. Here we go now. Who wants to get funky? Who wants to get a little creative out there? Which one of you want to get a little bit artsy now? Well then get on with your bad self! If you want to get down and funky, well I've got just a guess for you! He spins parties, he spins clubs, and he even spins yoga sessions! He used to work for a dot-com, but not anymore! All the way from the Bay in San Francisco, California, Brian Lou, Brian, you are the entrepreneur now. What's going on, man? Chilling, chilling. Everything's good over here. <laughs> Brian, aka DJ Blues, just so everyone knows. Before we start, we like to do a little section called the Breezy Threes so that the audience can get to know you a little bit, uh, your creative side. So, what are your three favorite creative works? Uh, good question. No, as uh, you know, it's not going to be a surprise for me as a DJ that there are three records. <laughs> um, I got to say the first one is going to be Marvin Gaye, What's Going On album. Yeah, I got that hanging up over my bed. <laughs> yeah. Um, just a classic, you know, like uh, to me, it doesn't get much more, you know, like uh, emblematic. Mm-hmm. of uh, of an era and a genre than than that album and um i listen to like when i'm going to sleep i will sometimes just have my ipod on yeah uh, and i'll play that um that whole album from beginning to end to just uh kind of unwind and and uh and you know begin the sleep cycle somewhat a therapy i've got the uh the vinyl cover literally hanging up over the bed right next to Barry White's I've Got So Much to Give. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, and also um, that's the the finding the original vinyl copy of that is kind of, um, I, I don't know, like for people that dig for records, um, you have these little like stories behind like, hey, I remember where I was when I found that. <laughs> so that, that, that has this whole story behind it because... Um, uh, I don't dig as much as I used to for old vinyl, but when I was at the time, I would just 
look up people in the newspaper and there was a guy just selling, you know, like thousands of records in his backyard. And I remember going through just like spending an afternoon there and I went through almost all of them and it was mostly junk. And that was one of the handful of records that uh, I came away with that day. Man, that's awesome. Yeah, I definitely don't have one of the originals. Yeah. Cool. So what are your other two favorites? Um, for me, DJ Shadow Introducing is another huge album. When I just started DJing, that album came out maybe like a year or two uh, after. And it really was like this new plateau in sample-based music. Do you have a third one? Yeah, and I got to go since um, my beginning in DJing and music is is all just from hip hop. Um, that was like a, a huge cultural influence that I grew up with. Uh, I'm going to go with Nas Illmatic. Yeah, one of the greatest albums of all time. Yeah, I think we just passed um, the uh, anniversary or something like that of the, of its release. and Yeah, they re-released it. Yeah, you know, it's one of those albums that has just stood the test of time and it's so just every part of it from the artwork and the fact that there's only like 10 tracks or something um and they're all good yeah they're uh, all they're all just straight fire yeah and the producers he worked with is just it's just so solid cool who, who are your three biggest role models or influencers uh good question so when I was in high school and I started DJing, I was lucky because I had a friend named Dave who was a year older than me. And at the time, this is kind of pre-internet. <laughs> so uh, if you had your mixtape, um, you know, dubs off the radio, like if you had your mixtape <laughs> game down and you were, you know, you had some pretty valuable content. Yeah. Um he had all he had radio shows, college radio shows, um, a lot of hip hop stuff from both coasts uh, on CD and tape. And I, I specifically remember he had a bunch of um, Stretch Armstrong and Bobito tapes. <laughs> so um, for anyone who doesn't know in the audience, that was a huge influential radio show um, coming out of New York in the 90s where a lot of people got their start before they became really well known and he had tapes of those somehow and it was crazy yeah he must have put the time in yeah i think he just knew other people that were also into hip-hop and either traded with them or you know somehow found his way to i mean back in the days we had these mixtape trading networks um i i don't know if anyone remembers but so this is the um file trading pre-internet you'd send like a uh, your list of mixtapes to some guy in another state and he would say i have this list send me yours and then kind of pick which tape you I, would i remember doing that at a very young age in the 90s with <laughs> yeah. yeah and you watch some of these movies that were made back then and they still bring that up and talk about it and it always makes me laugh yeah, it probably seems so archaic to, you know, young people these days. <laughs> but cool. Maybe it'll come back like vinyls did. Yeah, totally. 
Well, who are your your next uh, role model or influencer? So that was my um, inception from uh, of DJing back in like 95, 96. Um, bring it to the current era, and I'm going to say um, my friend and uh, fitness cohort, Lillian So. Um, we started working together. So when you mentioned in your tweets and everything, the intro, the yoga sessions and the workout sessions, that's Lillian. Um, she had been in the game for, in, in the fitness industry for like, you know, years and years and has done all these different certifications, taught every possible class. And then at a certain point, stepped up her game and um, really wanted to bridge these worlds of health and wellness with you know what you would do on a Friday night, which is go out dancing. And you know, it was like, all right, how can I incorporate the DJ into the workout session? And, and to me it made perfect sense because whenever I go work out, like I never go to the gym without my iPod. So yeah. Um, it's been a couple of years working with her and always inspiring to see, you know, uh, to see this so fit thing grow and build. Yeah, I mean like your music is super relaxing and soothing, and at the same time, it kicks up you know the energy in my body, and uh, you get a little taste of soul and a little you know funk, and you get those hip hop roots in there every once in a while, and a little bass, uh, and little periods of maybe dancey, you know, I don't want to want to say electronic, but you know, dancey. Mm-hmm. And just so the listeners know, Brian performs at club parties and pop ups. And he was just now talking about the yoga sessions and cardio workouts and then gallery openings and more. Um, so that that's extremely interesting, man. Cause I was going to ask you, how'd you go about booking the first place like a yoga session? And it seems like it just kind of happened uh, with you and your friend. Yeah, it does. I guess it might seem kind of like two opposing worlds, you know, where, one side is this like let's go party and drink at night or whatever. Yeah. And the other side is that let's be healthy. <laughs> yeah. I mean that makes perfect sense though, because I I feel like I can apply music to every part of my life. I mean I am just all in with it. So. Yeah, I think now that we're in this digital age, it's so ubiquitous, and you know there's new channels that. Um, you know, like you were mentioning, um, the the addition of having a streaming possibility in in your car. You know, yeah. I mean, even just a couple of years ago, that would be shocking to me. But at this point, it, it makes perfect sense. You know, technology is changing so fast. Um, but it just takes someone like a Lillian to really connect those dots and really, you know, like a, um, pursue that vision. Yeah. So if we you know, if there were some young DJs that were listening and they were kind of interested in just getting not necessarily all the way out of the club scene, obviously continuing to do that, but interested in branching out into some of those different areas, you know, like yoga or cardio or even the gallery openings, how, how do you think that they should go about doing that? I mean, have you ever, since you started the yoga thing, have you thought about pinpointing maybe some other opportunities like that? Um, let me think. Um, I should probably write like a blog post or something. <laughs> there, yeah, that'd be still, awesome. There, there, there already is a blog post. I could, I could send you this link later. But um, there's a blog post. I think it was written by a DJ from Chicago 
named Serena, who is really doing well running things in the house music scene out there. And um, she wrote one, it was either her or it was DJ Tech Tools. And um, DJ Tech Tools is another really good uh, resource for DJs, but uh, it was all about how to find non-traditional gigs. So, you know, everyone knows club or, you know, like traditional radio or a mobile yeah. gig, a wedding or a birthday party, that type of thing. Um, that one was uh, specifically, I don't remember, <laughs> to, to be honest, like too much specifics. Like for me, it kind of just happens from um, being a fan. Um, and, yeah, uh, for sure. You know, just um, being willing to support something, whether it's an art, uh, like an art exhibit or um, maybe if you think a nonprofit is doing a really good, they're, you know, they're supporting a good cause or they're doing good work, just like um, being willing to volunteer some time with them. And then once you kind of build that relationship and have those initial conversations and um, see that you guys are on the same page, uh, you know, down the line, you might get booked for a project or an event and kind of, I don't know, for me, that's usually just how it happens. Yeah. It, as you build your network, opportunity comes and it's so fascinating, the realm of opportunity that, you know, you can apply any kind of art to, whether you're a musician or an artist or, you know, a web designer like me, as you meet more people, more opportunities open themselves up that you would never have thought of in the first place, you know, not the traditional routes. And, uh, it's, it's pretty cool thing, man. It's, it's a good feeling to have when those kinds of things happen. Yeah. I always tell people if you get even a slight inkling, like a, um, even just a small feeling, like you see something, whether that's, uh, anything creative, artistic, a song, um, and you're like, that's cool. You know, don't, um, don't second guess that, uh, hang on to that feeling, you know, because that artist might have a show, um, you know, and, and these, these days that they probably have a Twitter or something like that. Or yeah. SoundCloud. Like there's other ways to get like, um, involved on a deeper level. So just do it, you know, like, and it's just probably like some free options that you can pursue or you know, if you're just like buying a song, it's probably going to be cheap on Bandcamp. So, yeah. Yeah. Just reach out and do it, man. Screw it. Just do it. Yeah. <laughs> but who's your third role model? Uh, third one would probably be Steve Jobs. Um, that he, when, um, so after he passed away, his biography written by Isaacson, uh, I don't know. That to me was just kind of one of those turning points. It was actually, um, there's a part in that book that was kind of like the straw that broke the camel's back that um, made me quit my job and decide for, you know, as much as possible to pursue DJing, pursue what I loved. Um, it's a fantastic book. I remember just reading that. It's really sick, but I read it in like a week and a half or something. And there is a page in there. I've, been, I've always meant to go back and figure out what page that was where I read that. And I just really felt, you know, like if this guy is doing what he believes in so strongly, how can I, 
you know, like I can't look at what I'm doing and say that uh, I can't also strive for that. Yeah. So what, what do you think in combination with reading that was the turning point that made you switch that career from the dot com uh, over to DJing full time? It was a lot of things. I think um, I'm a pretty practical person, you know, even though we're talking about creativity and, you know, pursuing your dreams. Like at the end of the day, uh, a personality is relatively, you know, like a day-to-day kind of um, practical stuff. So to me, whenever anyone asked me, like, questions like that, I always bring up money, you know, um, how much money you have saved up. Do you have a, you know, like a plan for, um, yeah, please, please share all the details of, of, you know, if you did save money, uh, how you did it, how long it took you, you know, you might've started DJing when you were still working at the dot com and maybe, you know, it took you five years, maybe it took you 10 years. Everyone's a little bit different. Some people take the leap immediately and some hold on and, and they're a little bit more safe, uh, you know, to have that sense of security. So uh, we'd love to yeah. hear, hear what you did. Okay. Um, let me think. I started working at the dot-com company in the mid-2000s. And at that point, um, I wasn't really playing out. I, 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 was, I had my turntables, but I wasn't actively looking for chances to DJ in front of people to perform. Um, I kind of just did it on the side. It was more casual. And it wasn't until 07, 08, and uh, we can get to those kind of like turning points later. But that period, for whatever reason, became this reawakening for me where I just realized, okay, um, because because I started in 95, 96, that, that's just like over 10 years after I started, you know? Mm-hmm. And it was kind of one of those things where I was like, you know what? Um, I still love this. I still, it's like rekindled that fire, you know? Like I, I have to do whatever I can, um, even if it's just like super minimal things um, to to pursue this, to, to, to make my, you know, to um, pursue my dream. So from that point, um, I kind of like just started doing this happy hour out of uh, this club that used to be in San Francisco called Soam. And it was amazing. It was cool to have that opportunity to be, you know, there. Um, just because of circumstances, sometimes it would be a whole bunch of people and sometimes it would be kind of dead. Um, but the amazing thing about doing that was I got to meet a lot of other DJs and other promoters who were doing other parties, doing other projects uh, in San Francisco and in the Bay Area. Um, so basically, let's see, like uh, after I started working, um, I, I didn't have that much direction. I just was working and then kind of hoping, but not really taking that much action yeah. to, to doing the whole DJ thing, you know, except maybe every once in a while I would uh, just like help out a friend whenever he asked me to fill in or something like that. Yeah, it's really hard to get out of that comfort zone and just do it, you know? Yeah, 
I just didn't have that uh, drive, you know. Um, but I would work, and then I was living at home, so you know, I would just kind of save money with no real like uh, goal, I guess. <laughs> Uh, and that's just how it was, you know, in the mid 2000s. Mm -hmm. Um, and then 07, 08, it was kind of like, all right, um, I know that this is the direction I want to go in, but I don't know how I'm going to get there. And I continued to keep working. And then, you know, I did the happy hour, which was probably 09 or, you know, by that point, like maybe a, a year later. Um, and then whenever i could i would just um you know tell whoever was working at the club or my other dj friends that you know um i was looking for more chances to play out um even if you know wasn't getting paid or whatever i saw everything as an opportunity like a stepping stone um and eventually um you know, it, it got more regular where I got more and more bookings. Um, not a crazy amount, but just enough to tell me like, okay, I, this is, it's working. I want to keep on pursuing this. Um, and I just, you know, saved up more money when, um, let me see, like, so in, t at the end of 2011, um, I was, you know, thinking about what my next step would be. And there's a music school in New York called Dubspot. Um, they are a DJ and production school. And I decided I'm gonna go there. This is gonna be my big chance to learn what I need to learn to develop my career. Um, and at the end of that year, I quit. And then maybe three months after that, then I moved out to New York. So how long were you in New York? Um, I was out there for about eight months from, uh, March to November of 2012. Wow. Yeah. So a quote that I love is when you look back over your shoulder at the end of your life, don't get stuck being satisfied with surviving alone. You really want to go after living and you should always choose yourself. So I think yeah. that kind of sums up in a nutshell exactly what you went through. And for other people out there, you know, if you're if you're on the verge and you just don't know how to go about making the step and how to make that progress and to get to the point where you can take a little step every single day, there are so many resources out there that will guide you through that exactly. And I know Timothy Ferris has one in the four hour work week. He's got something called the Dreamline Worksheet, and it takes you through the steps of actually writing down you know, what you dream of in six months, and then 12 months, uh, a description of what you dream of having things that you plan on being and things that you plan on doing. And then you break it down into cost and what it'll actually take you to take those baby steps every day to get to those spots. And I know that's helped me a lot. And I've really, really found a lot of success uh, using Hal Elrod's uh, The Miracle Morning kind of format. And he's got a transformation tracker in that book and it takes you through all sorts of stuff and you write down all your affirmations and what you visualize and you look at it every single day and, and you wake up and you make one small step every single day and you keep moving forward and you'll get there and it, it's a fantastic feeling you know once you start once you start tasting that a little bit every single day 
you get to a point where you don't want to turn back, you know? Yeah, totally. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad you're doing this. Like sharing this type of these resources is, uh, one of the main reasons why I, I even wanted to be on this podcast because, um, of this kind of long trajectory that I'm continuing to, uh, pursue and go down. Um, but just to let people know that there are options out there. There are people who think the same way that you do have a similar dream and have laid out steps or advice. Oh yeah. People that have been there and all of us that are still in the thick of it. And it's, it's a great community to get involved with and you start networking, but we'll get that blog post from you by Serena and I'll put that link in the show notes to, uh, you know, for the DJs that are looking at how to venture out into other things. What do you think your ultimate long-term goal is? Where do you see yourself in the future? Um, long-term, I just want to continue doing what I'm doing now. And um, so if you look at my trajectory from when I quit my job at the end of 2011, um, I've just been pursuing, you know, every opportunity that I can to, to do an event to meet people, mm-hmm. connect with the right folks, uh, uh, get my music out there on SoundCloud. Um, and now it's just, uh, you know, making this a sustainable living. Um, I don't, it's not like, you know, I'm, I'm sitting on the other side of the Skype podcast, like, oh yes, I have all the answers. <laughs> it's, not, it's not the case at all. You know, um, I'm, a, I'm a student. I'm, I'm in this process, just like, everyone else in this game. Yeah, and, exactly. And that's exactly what this podcast is. It's the entrepreneur now. And, and it's great that you're on here sharing all this. Yeah. You know, uh, the, um, it's cool. Just like getting linked up with this through Kim, because, you know, we talk about this process all the time. Um, it, she's one of those people that I can share, you know, my ups and downs and stuff like that. And, uh, there's, uh, you know, like, um, places that you can go and people that you can talk to. If, if, if you find something, you know, hold on to that um, and just kind of like build off of it, you know? Yeah, definitely. But you were talking about, you know, trying to sustain a living still and being in the thick of it. What what are, do you mind sharing some ways that you create revenue for yourself as a DJ? Sure. So um, as uh, you know, basically it's from events, anything, um, well, most of the time, music-wise, if it's like a mix that I've uploaded online, it's free. Um, I did a CD project, which was um, which I did sell for money, um, but that was kind of a, a special project that I did with a friend. So that one was um, uh, very highly curated, and she did extremely like gorgeous packaging for that. Um, with like a print that she had designed included in the CD. Um, besides that, you know, you're getting paid to show up. If you got to set up sound, it's a, if it's a mobile gig, you set up the sound. Um, if you got to host, then you get on the mic and do that. Um, and of course you're playing music. So from that, then, you know, whoever booked you will, will pay you for the event and, uh, Generally speaking, for people like me at this point, uh, a mobile gig will, you know, um, pay more, uh, like a wedding or some type of event where you show up. 
it's obviously more work because you're going there and then you're bringing your own sound or whatever kind of setup you do versus like a club where you might just come show up and play for like an hour, but they're all the equipment's there. Someone else might be handling the promotion. So, you know, like that, that kind of stuff is done for you. Um, uh, you just, you know, you might have to like retweet or <laughs> like upload their flyer. Um, and, uh, and yeah, so those are kind of the big, um, revenue generators for, for people like me. Do you think it was harder for you to get started in the first place or to continue going? Continue going up. Uh, definitely. Um, like <laughs> I, I, I remember reading this interview, uh, with another DJ. I don't remember who it was, but the question was, what's the, what's the easiest part and the hardest? And then the easiest, he goes, buying equipment. <laughs> you know, because there's really no effort. All you need is the money. Like, this costs $500, I will buy it. And now I'm a DJ. You know yeah, I mean? yeah. That's just the beginning. Um, it's an essential part. Everyone needs equipment for whatever they're going to do creatively. Um, but it's the continual process. So once you get started... You kind of, for me, it's sort of like, all right, I did this. What did I get out of it? Okay, that was beneficial. I, I think it's just just reallocation of your resources, you know, because mm -hmm. certain events or whatever, like projects, they're not going to pan out. But then, um, uh, they're, they're, I, I met with this uh, a talent manager in New York named Scott Barkham, and he goes, you know, certain things they'll grow legs, and. When they do, it's up to you to act, capitalize on that. So, oh, I like that. Yeah, I was lucky enough to meet with him out there and just, you know, have him uh, give me advice. And that's what he was. He just asked me about every aspect of everything that I was doing. And he's like, "Why haven't you done this yet? Or what about that? You know, have you thought about this?" And I guess I, I you know, I was a student. I was just like, "Well, what's the?" secret like magic silver bullet that's going to catapult me to success and he was just like you know some things are going to pan out and some won't and then when it does you you know you strike while the iron's hot or like i think his his phrase was it'll grow legs yeah and i think for any creative uh in any sense just building that community of that fan base that trusts you uh you know if you continue to progress that, if you continue to add fans and that are actually, you know, into everything that you're doing, I think that's where, that's where the success really starts to come. Absolutely. So it's all about providing value for them. And, and, you know, you said you put your music on SoundCloud. Are there any other platforms that you put it on? Uh, that's the big one. Um, I have my own SoundCloud page. It's a SoundCloud dot com forward slash DJ blues, mm -hmm. DJ B L U Z. And also occasionally I do mixes on the SoFit SoundCloud as well. That's Lillian's page. Uh, it's a uh, soundcloud.com forward slash um, SoFit SF. Yeah. And we can put those in the show notes too. Um, awesome. We had a, a, I had a previous guest on, Booty Volked out of Holland, and he actually wrote the SoundCloud Bible. Have you ever read that? No. Man, this guy, he's the owner of Heroic Label, and they do, like, dance music and, and um, 
you know, I can introduce him to you via email if you want, but he's got a blog and it's full of all sorts of fantastic content that I think that you would definitely be able to dive into. And, you know, I kind of work in close with shaky feeling and, and help them with their online identity, their website and their SoundCloud and all of that. And I've just been learning so much from his post. It's, it's crazy. You know, we get noticed because of our success, but we create them on the back of our failures. And it seems like we learn best from the experience where it doesn't work out. Uh, (laughs) You know, we remember them the most and yet we still have a tendency to only discuss the success and not really the failures. But I think it's really important to kind of go over uh, the failures and, you know, what, what failures have you been able to learn from and how did they change you and your process? Good question. Um, Recently, this came up in uh, the entrepreneur group that me and Kim are in. And I I found it so refreshing, just like you're saying, because it's like, if you don't show, you know, kind of like the mistakes on the back end, people might have the wrong impression and just think like, man, this guy is just, (laughs) everything he touches turns to gold, you know? Yeah. And that's kind of just like the social media world that we live in where it's like, oh, okay, apparently this person just goes to sold out, you know, performs at sold out shows and then <laughs> uh, each like brunch by like poolside or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I would say a big one for me was, uh, so after I finished school, I went to school at, at Dubspot for production and um you know, had this dream of like, all right, I'm going to transition from DJ to producer by taking this class. Uh, and the, you know, the, the content was amazing. There's no doubt about it. Um, and you know, the knowledge base in that building is incredible. But for me, I basically, after, um, schools, I went, I went back and focused on DJing. So on the one hand, and I remember talking to a classmate, um, he was from Portland and he, he was, you know, we had finished school and we basically like, we learned a software called Ableton and he had previously using, yeah, yeah it's, it's a very like, it's like the industry standard. Um, uh, he had been using another software called Reason before that. Mm-hmm. And he went in there as a Reason user to learn how Ableton worked. And then after we finished school, he was like, yeah, I think I'm just going to go back to using Reason. And at the time I was just like, shocked because in my head I was like oh man but you spent all this money and you moved out to New York <laughs> you know like <laughs> um, it doesn't matter like but 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 then months later I kind of did the same thing you know <laughs> like, yeah I basically went back to what I was already doing um so that whole process was a huge learning experience and it's definitely something that I would encourage anyone to sort of like um, to, to, to keep in mind if they're thinking about uh, increasing their education is making sure that um, they're going to get what they want out of it. Yeah. And not to say that I didn't get a lot of value from going to school, but for me, it was this process of like, okay, um, just this realization that your future successes will be built off of, uh, your previous body of work. It's not like you can, 
go to a school and like your whole um, workflow and identity is going to be revolutionized or anything like that. <laughs> Does that make sense? It makes absolute sense to me. I'm in the same boat as you. Yeah. And that's the thing for young, I mean, at least for me, and, and I was I, in a good you know situation to be able to just make that leap. And I'm still, I still plan on getting into production down the line. I'm starting out with just like real basic, you know, remix, like very simple stuff. And I'll build off of that. Um, but in terms of like going to an art school, music school, whatever the case is, um, just know, I mean, I, I, speaking from, from my own perspective, uh, everything that I do, there's a certain like progression and I guess the downfall is if I just kind of fall into, um, if I buy into the marketing that the school is putting out there and I'm just like, oh yeah, cool. Well, I will do this thing for three, four months and I'll be like just blaze you know, like, <laughs> like that guy on the cover of a magazine. Who is yeah. Not hey, really. You know, over, still- what do they say? An overnight success takes 10 years. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm, and I'm the same way. You know, I went to school and everything that I do now is really self-taught. And uh, I went to school and studied concrete and construction. And now I do web design. And, and I'm taking that step forward kind of like you are with a producer. Uh, I'm getting into iOS development now to learn, you know, mobile and, and Apple-related stuff. So it's nice. You can't let your education handicap where you want to go, but there are some great things that you can get from it uh, if you just look for the right value where it counts. Yeah, and and it's like what you're saying, you're doing stuff on your own. That's where the real value, you know, like the real progress is going to happen when you get stuck. And then yeah. you have to look up, you know, like your forums online or you got to ask a friend and you're kind of like, this is where I'm at. And it sounds, it's not the way I want it to sound, what can I do? And then you get out of that rut and then you've really, you know, you own that knowledge. Yeah. And you've, you've just got to commit, man. You really just got to stick it out there and commit. And, uh, you, every, everybody can do anything they put their mind to. They just have to keep positive and commit to it, make progress every single day. So. Absolutely. Well, we're getting, uh, a little bit over the time here. So I'm going to get kind of into these closing questions, uh, but this next one is a fantastic question so that I hope you have fun answering it. But if you had to battle Godzilla, how would you use your creativity or talents to defeat that big bastard? <laughs> um, well, as a DJ, it's all, uh, I, I, I remember this from the prompt and I put down... Well, I'll just make him dance for <laughs> however long he will stop destroying things temporarily, and then we can attack him. <laughs> yeah, I think I think that was somewhat like Kim's answer. She uh, she was going to calm him down and then become his friend and teach him <laughs> how to teach everybody else. <laughs> I feel like a Kim answer is like, well, um, we're going to show the uh humanity or like i don't know <laughs> like yeah relaxation technique or something she has this huge 
um, you know, like knowledge base of all these things. Five mindful minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we're talking about Kim Nickel and you can find her on a previous episode of the entrepreneur now, and it's a fantastic episode. So I highly suggest you check that one out as well. But Brian, do you have any favorite advice resources or tools that you want to share with our listeners before we uh, say goodbye? Yeah. So, um, I, I try to condense this, but <laughs> like now, pretty, even now we're like running over, but I can send it to you also in the show notes. But, um, the really big, like five things for me that people can just buy on Amazon. One, there's a show called road trip nation when I was in my early twenties and kind of like feeling lost with what am I going to do career? These are such big life questions. Um, that show basically takes three college students and then they go around in an RV and interview people that have done well and ask them, how did they get there? And what did they think life would be like when they were in their early twenties also? Um, another one, uh, I'm going back to Steve Jobs biography, uh, just the sheer, you know, like breath and reading all the stories behind everything. Amazing. Um, next I have a business book, but maybe not this sense, maybe not in the traditional sense sense. Um, Jim Collins wrote a book called good to great. Yes. That one, I feel like, uh, I'm really like interdisciplinary with everything. Even, you know, yes, this is a business book, but if you want to build something, you know, mm -hmm. no matter what it is, I think that's applicable. Um, so that came out early 2000s as well. And it's a classic. I, I would recommend it to anybody. Um, and, uh, and the last one um, for uh, specifically for, for the entrepreneur audience, um, there's a book called The Artist's Way. And so Lillian gave me that book right before I moved to New York. And, uh, um, you know, it has a lot of exercises. And first thing it does, I think it's like tell you to start keeping a journal. So there is elements of, you know, that whole self-development. Um, doesn't get too out there. I don't, you know, like that's why I kind of like it is it stays practical enough that you have these things, these tasks that you can cross off and stuff. It's not super woo woo, whatever. Um, it, 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 it goes in that direction, but it's like practical enough that you can, you could still, you know, sink your teeth into it. Yeah. I love it. And I love tools and resources like that. And today I actually just downloaded an app called the five minute journal. Okay. And it reminds you in the morning and at night, uh, to fill out this little journal and they have hard copies too, but basically you put three things that you're grateful for, and then you put in three things that would make you that would make today great, and then you put in your daily affirmations, uh, and then at night it'll ping you again and ask you along the same lines, and it keeps all this on a calendar so you can go back and read it. So it's pretty neat. That's brilliant. Yeah, and it's just something to keep you positive, and you can look back on the progress that you've made and and see these things that you put two weeks ago that you thought would make that day great. And then you think about it now and you know, that already happened several times since then. So you're like, wow, I am making progress and pretty mm. cool. Interesting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
So all of these, all these books and, and his advice will be on the show notes as well. Uh, but how, how can our listeners get in contact with you or find you? And we'll have your SoundCloud link on uh, the show notes too. Sure. Um, that SoundCloud page is probably the best way. It has links to all my other social media and you can message me directly on there. Um, I'm at DJ Blues on Twitter, DJ B-L-U-Z. And I'm also on Instagram, DJ Blues, DJ B-L-U-Z as well. Cool. Well, Brian, thank you so much for being the Archipreneur now. And always remember to keep it heady. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to the Archipreneur Now podcast. For all the show notes and more information, please visit artsynow.com. That's A-R-T-S-Y now.com. Thank you. The music for this podcast was provided by Shaky Feeling out of Ventura, California. For more information, please visit shakyfeeling.com. Keep it funky.